We are live. Happy, happy 2023, everyone. And this is another Coaching to Flourish Q&A. Uh, I'm psyched. I'm psyched for this year. I feel like we have a lot uh, of things that we were planning on rolling out in 2022. Got almost there, so now we're going to do it now. So, yay. Any hot news we should be aware of? Like, what should we expect from Coach Training to you this year? Many things. Uh, thing, first thing is uh, there is a Word of the Year webinar uh, workshop uh, being put on by Hannah Finro at 11.30 Pacific time this Thursday, this upcoming Thursday. So anyone who wants to dive deep into living a more intentional uh, Word of the Year type experience, this is something that I've done personally since I don't know, 2005 uh, and I remember when our daughter was born in 2007 uh, it was the year of perfect timing uh, that Amois and I were really leaning into and she was born literally two days after I finished uh, I was teaching Latin at the time I finished all my grades I did all my things I had like literally two days of school left but no one does anything in the last two days of school. So I had everything wrapped up. She was born on a Sunday and it was glorious. And so from that point on, we have strongly adhered to the uh, word of the year phenomenon. And uh, I highly encourage everyone to go to that workshop if you're listening and interested. She's gonna lead it. It's gonna be great. I might show up for a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see, probably not, but who knows. You couldn't have set that up any more perfectly for me, John. I mean, anyone listening, John and I don't plan the way this is going to go. And John never knows the questions either. So he just kind of goes with the flow. So my first question actually was going to be around why create a word of the year. And I know we don't want to give too much away because Hannah's workshop is going to be fantastic and I'm going to attend and she's brilliant. I encourage everyone to attend. But is there anything else you would add on creating a word of the year, John? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's important. Uh, there was, uh, and it's very coachy. It's very coach-like. Uh, I think there's something when people have uh, a theme or a narrative. When we all have them, we all we all create narratives, whether they're conscious or intentional or not. And one of the benefits of coaching is that we take narratives that are unconscious or just by default, and we make them on purpose. Having a word for the year helps provide a focal point for you and other people around you. And I think there's, some, there's a lot of power, especially in sharing that and having a shared focal point with people. When we're on our game, our, our best game, you know, we as a family, we'll create a family word or we'll create a group word. or we'll, we'll, Even as an organization, a team, we talked this morning in our team meeting, okay, what's going to be the, the word for our team here uh, as we're going to go forward in 2023? The conversation, just have, just asking that question, just having that conversation, there's value that's being created. There's cohesion being created. There's alignment. All good things happen when you start moving in these directions. Um, so, oh, what's happening right now? Why am I, I just got a notification from somebody. <laughs> Why is that happening? Oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. Universe uh, is speaking to you. It totally is. Uh, hold on a second. I guess it, it's, it's a thing. Here, let me shut that down. But anyway, there we go. Uh, hold on. 
you can see we're truly live. This is happening live. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, sorry, everyone. This is silliness. <laughs> well, John's Happy 2023, that. everyone. All right, I gotta shut. I gotta turn off these things. How do I do this again? Update, while it's right, doing so. that, I'm just going to encourage everyone, go on Coach Training EDU website, look at Hannah's webinar, and sign up for it. Start to think about what your word of the year is. It's going to be good. Anyway, there we go. Thanks for that. He's back. Okay. So we've got word of the year, and I think, you know, you were talking about it helps you give a, a focal point. And another question that I'm curious about is, you know, people coming back after the holidays, they've had time away and, you know, some of us have overindulged on many things, not just food. Um, what is a good way to get motivated after the holidays? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I feel like I'm coming out of a couple weeks of just running around and, uh, you know, my household, they got the flu. I did not, I played nurse for three weeks. It was an amazing experience, but also one that I feel like we as a family had time to really slow down. And, uh, I know I ate lots of chocolate and green tea. It's like what I, I pound green tea. Oh my gosh. I drink so much green tea. It's, 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 it's a lot. Uh, and I was feeling it a little bit uh, this, this week. Like, all right, I need to get back into my routines, uh, back into exercise. I think the thing is, uh, around any of these kinds of things, it's one thing to use willpower and try to make, you know, try to will yourself through things. And that works to a certain degree. And I know there's some uh, research out there about the strength of willpower and you know how useful that is and uh, definitely a useful tool i think a stronger tool and a more robust tool is having a system and getting back into those routines and habits and especially around exercise i find that if people drink water and exercise then usually food choice is a lot easier to maintain i think food choice and this is just my limited experience and some of the studies that i've looked at and you know working with the clients i've worked at from an executive level mostly uh, when i work with you know teenagers people in high school and college this doesn't usually come up they don't really care they're like whatever i'll eat whatever i want I, they don't they don't need this but adults all the adults in the world okay so here we are right so thing one i feel like there's usually a keystone habit there's usually something if someone does something then other habits fall into place most of the time in my experience it's exercise if people are exercising then it's a lot easier for other keystone habits to fall in place the challenge point comes when if, if your exercise is seasonal, like mine tends to be seasonal because sometimes it's outdoors, how do you adjust to the seasons and make that transition? Uh, so there are three things that tend to happen if you're really trying to, to exercise. And you can answer these questions in your convenience. The thing, first thing is, do you have a set time for your exercise? Yes or no? Like, is it in your plan or on your schedule? Thing two, is it something that you enjoy? Is it something you actively look forward to? And then thing three is, it, do you, are you meeting someone there? Or do you have a plan to, uh, it could be a trainer, it could be a friend, it could be a coach, it could be like, you know, it's so your percentage of exercise is tied to those three things. So if you have all, if you answer yes to all three things, 
you're probably going to exercise. If you answer two out of those three things, you probably will, you know, but maybe, you know, two out of three times or whatever. One out of three or zero out of three, most people come in zero out of three. They don't have it on their planner, they don't enjoy it, and they're not meeting anybody. That's not going to happen. So, or I mean, it could happen, but you're going to have to will yourself to happen, will that exercise, and then once you get there, you know, <laughs> how long are you going to keep that up? Yeah, so that's that, that's my thought on this, and water. So exercise usually, you know, water. You know, drink water. When I go to the trail, I'll try to pound as much water as I can. Both going, I, I don't like carrying water when I'm riding mm -hmm. a bike, or doing stuff outside. So I try to pound as much water as I can before then after. I feel like this is a I use my own life as my own experiment, guinea pig. It's anyway. so good. Okay. I'm having some insights there. I mean, I I think for me. And I think a lot of people can probably be all or nothing. So I'm actually being easy on myself this week and doing things in small percentages, building back up to those things rather than feeling the pressure. Oh, that's it now. You know, back in the day and you see all these things, I would be that, but that's it now, clean January. And this is how I'm going to eat. That does not work for me because then I just feel that I'm in lack versus abundance. So I am slowly bringing myself back into that place. And same with work as well. I blocked a lot of time in my schedule this week to catch up on emails and not going gung-ho, working really early in the morning to really late at night. I had to remind myself, I'm my own boss. You know, I'm probably a hard boss. <laughs> so I talked to myself about it, but Kind of building it back up again with everything, including emails and all the things that are due versus the pressure that everything has to be done this week or this month. Yeah, I think that's that, that's spot on. There's uh, Jonathan Haidt, one of, uh, he's, a, he's a professor of marketing, uh, does some brain research uh, there was a book, uh, Pursuing Happiness or Happiness Hypothesis. And it talks about the brain development in our, our, the metaphor for the brain. And the metaphor that I really appreciate is the elephant and the writer, where the writer is more of our frontal lobe, the one that creates reasoning, uh, acts like a lawyer, basically for the elephant to justify the wants and needs of the elephant, which was represented by our more primal self. And the elephant needs attention. The elephant needs care. And I think a lot of times when people enter into January or resolutions, there's almost like this punishment factor of I need to punish my internal self that is weak or wants comfort or uh, is seeking safety. And that tends to backfire in the long run. There is an art to allowing that more primal self that's seeking safety to feel safe while also doing actions and taking steps that are uncomfortable and create discomfort. And that's this is where I feel like coaching is really powerful because there's a unique answer for everyone. It's not like everyone has like, okay, this is the answer and everyone needs to do this. That doesn't, that doesn't fly. It's more around what's your answer? 
What's your relationship to the self, to, to yourself that seeks comfort? And then what's your relationship to the part of you that wants to justify, you know, your actions? These are big questions. I mean, and I think these are the questions that are really useful to ask yourself. And this is why I think the word is important because it helps focus. It takes pressure off of trying to punish that primal self. It doesn't work on the long run. Yeah. I think that's what almost everyone tries to do in January. Yeah. There's a lot of peer pressure in January from people as well, isn't there? It's a lot. It, it yeah, it's a lot. I, I can go into it more, but leave it at that. <laughs> I love that. So asking yourself, what is your, what is your meaning behind it? What is your answer? And, and one of the things I forgot to share actually is I decided to create a being list versus a, so to be list versus a to do list. And what was wonderful, when I was on vacation, um, there was a, a little store by the beach where they were selling beads. So these are like chanting malas, different ones. Um, and they came with these cards and, it, and it's got three bee chants on it, like be fortunate, fortunate, be extraordinary and be fearless. And I'm like, I love that. I'm going to focus on my to be's versus my to do's. So cool. What do you think of that, John? I love it. I mean, I, I, I know those stands well. Like when we, we spent some time in San Diego, we go to LA, it feels to me like so, like, so, you know, Cali <laughs> to go to a beach. Just so Cali to buy crystals on the beach in Cali and get little birds and have extra meaning attached to them. Like, yeah, I think it's lovely. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, these are structures. These are ways that people, like they're handles. Mm -hmm. And even if you go back into the, uh, looking at ancient times where you know, we're, we're talking some of the very first early writing in, in art in ancient ancient uh, Rome uh, and, and Greece, basically what I studied in college, the, uh, there's power in names. Those are, those are handles. And if you can name something, then you can evoke it, literally call it. And in our internal worlds, when there's something, a structure that you want, or a perspective that we want to come back to, listen to, be with, evoke back into our lives, it's really useful to have these structures. And yeah, there, there is a scientific and a very strong, rich literature, literary tradition uh, of having these structures. So yeah, Raj, right on. That works. Thank you, John. So thinking about coaches working with their clients this year you know we're looking at coaching questions and structures and names and associations what are some other good tools that you would suggest that coaches can use with clients this month i would ride the january wave i feel like january is life coaching month where everyone wants a new version of themselves uh, they want to become a better person and I would, I would ride that. I think that there's so much that you can do as a, a coach uh, with clients in January. Um, I don't have anything specifically other than, you know, choosing intentionality, words, goals. One thing I've been playing with a lot is instead of looking at the year uh, as like, okay, new year type of thing, that big, big thing, uh, looking at quarters and really just looking at, okay, so where do you want to be the next three months? And how can I create the next, so like almost create a quarterly goal and then have, okay, second quarter and celebrate it almost as, not as intensely as a new year, but 
uh, from a strategic planning, from a you know, what tactics am I going to use from a, how do I want to show up the, you know, these three months? Uh, you know, what, what, where do I want to be three months from now? Uh, I have been heavily into accreditation applications to get coach training EDU both through the state level and through the national level in these accreditations. So I'm very, I spent the last two weeks looking at uh, business plans and marketing and uh, products, you know, our, our timelines for what, what we want to roll out. So I'm very much in a three-month planning stage, if you can't tell. I think it's, I think it's really helpful. A year is too long. Uh, I think anything beyond three months is a guessing game, too much of a guessing game. Uh, three months really does add a element of what's real. and what, Because I think what happens when people plan too far out in the future, it's more about what's ideal when it, when the timeline gets uh, closer, it becomes more about what's feasible. And uh, there is a balance point between ideal and feasibility, and I think three months is about the perfect space for that. So that would be my only suggestion, is if you have clients who are planning goals that are really far out, let's say one year from now, that's great. Keep that as a vision, and then move the timeline, the planning timeline, three months, and see what you can do in three months. So a bit like a... Three months future pacing. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been, this is what I, this is my next, uh, where, where did it go? Um, I've been working at a couple different things with, oh, sorry, it's my notebook. You know, trying to get different timelines and structures. And I've been, I've been just mapping out different, I don't know if it's actually going to focus on it or not. There we go. Different little charts of, this is the prototype for what uh, for for uh, a planner, but it's not meant to be like something that would a scheduler as much as a, a dashboard, like almost like a daily or weekly dashboard. So I've been playing with them myself, and then uh, I'm going to include it. Start seeing if we can print them in mass and send them out to people. But that's what I've been playing with, and so this is a weekly dashboard that aligns with my three month strategic plan. Wow, I love it. I can't wait for a dashboard. <laughs> it's fun. I like it. I like to, you know, make, I like those little needles, those needle graphs. Like, you know, yeah. like, okay, so this is, you know, out of 14, you know, uh, pieces of content I want to create this week. So far, I've done two. So I'm two of 14. But, you know, the week is young. And I did exercise today. So it's only up? Tuesday. What's up? <laughs> it's only Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and it was good. I was Woke up at 4 a.m. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so it's only Tuesday, but we've got some ideas for a dashboard. Um, I like what you said earlier on different tools as well. One of the things I remember from the 2.0 and I loved was a habits tracker. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about that. I mean, I we'll bring it back. We're bringing yeah. it back. Yep. Habits tracker. I also revisit my wheel of life in January. I love to revisit that and kind of just see where I'm at from. I tend to do that every six months actually and see what progress I'm making. That's cool. I so, like wheel. I've been leading some of the sample training classes and in some of them we do the wheel of life. So I've been making wheels of life at least once a month. Really? Yeah, it's a thing. I feel like it's a really, it's an interesting activity to, to make so many assessment wheels and, uh, you know, chart them out. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's 
I, I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Not once a month. Dashboards are bad. I mean, because I feel like it's, it's just a lot of like, okay, where am I at? And they, they, it may, it feels like repetitive in some ways. Uh, but I feel like what's interesting is if you, if it's tracked, like if you track something, then it's easier for you to, um, uh, you know, it, it just becomes easier for you to look at it. You know, for instance, uh, just a real tangible example uh, with, uh, let's say doing dishes, right? Mm -hmm. Something needs to happen. And we have, as a family, we have a couple different systems that we use. And uh, one of them was uh, we, we, we would have a structure where someone would be responsible for making the kitchen like amazing and then another person would assess it and then you would pass down the stone of wash from one person to the next person and then the assessor became the new person who would do the stone of wash right and then and then we did uh we have two adults and two teenagers and we would in, you know we'd have the adult teen adult teen uh and then it just it was lovely right to have your daughter assess your cleaning you know my cleaning of the of the kitchen being assessed by my daughter was was amazing and so the part of it is the assessment is work you have to look and see and it was it, it's it's great but eventually that breaks down too so then we went to a different structure where okay so one we're currently trying out is okay so what if we because you know schedules get busy they have activities it's not really fair you know that kind of stuff so um one of the things was what if we as a family just when you uh it has to be measurable so you, it can't be just a um you know just out, out in uh you know did you do a good job that, that doesn't fly it's what can you make it, like what's the measurability of this the measurability of this is pressing the go button on the dishwasher right so load the dishwasher gets a tally mark unloading the dishwasher gets another tally mark in the load and unload so we're just now just trying to assess and then then the idea is if you just do that you just have a chart of who did what people if it's assessed will will rise to the occasion you know and if it's if it, you can see it like that and if there's no like oh you it's your turn you have to do it you just look at the chart just look at the chart okay and this is this is uh this plays out like there, there are studies that are done where let's say that, that you um go to uh, you want to conserve water or people want to conserve water and they go to all the households in the neighborhood and they they send out a little leaflet that says hey uh, your water consumption is in the top 5% of, you know, you consume like a lot more water than your neighbors. Let's, you know, just for FYI, every, you know, everyone's water consumption, when they get that note, immediately drops, right? But if they say, oh, your water consumption is actually like in the middle or low versus your neighbors, everyone's water consumption goes up. Like they start going more, more water consumption. So we are very social, like, there is built into human beings a very social kind of interconnected, let me, comp you know, where do I, wh where am I, am I good, you know, kind of thing going on. Anytime you can, you can track or uh, share or, you know, any of the, or any of these New Year's goals, any of these resolutions, things like that, human, we are very much social creatures. Uh, this helps. And this is, I think, one of the reasons why working with a coach is so powerful is because you share your goals, you share your dreams, you share your ideas out loud with another human being that has its own form of accountability with it uh, as well. So yeah, we, we very much tried these ideas out as a unit, as an organization, <laughs> and then we, we share. Thank you, John. I know we've only got a couple of minutes left. I mean, we're gonna look out for that dashboard. 
Um, I have a fun question just for us to close out on then. Um, what lessons did you take away from the holidays or any holiday movies that you watched? Uh, we just finished watching Andor, which I loved. I really liked Andor. I did. Uh, I thought was what was what I really appreciated about Andor was how it brought in I think some of the corporate maneuvering that I've often seen executives work with in executive coaching spaces. I thought the writing was so spot on too. Such strong writing. Um. What was my main takeaway from that? I don't know. I just, uh, I, I didn't get a lot of time. I, I was, I don't know. I didn't watch a lot. It just was, everyone else did. We'll need to ask them. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh gosh. Yeah. I think my main takeaway from that was I just liked how like the character development and the narratives and the strength of the narratives and how all the little, you know, like that last thing, like all the, how all the little actions you can take will eventually lead to like a bigger action or it seems like the, the progress is slow and then all of a sudden it becomes really quick. I like that idea. How about you, Raj? I'm curious. Um, believe it or not, Kung Fu Panda 1 and 2. <laughs> so right. I loved it. Um, the message in Kung Fu Panda 1 was around there is no secret ingredient. So like power is within you which was just really meaningful. And then Kung Fu Panda 2 uh, was about finding inner peace, but not just finding inner peace to be peaceful, that when you are able to find that inner peace, you actually are more successful and more productive and more focused in so many ways. So yeah, I loved Kung Fu Panda, actually. <laughs> yeah, those are fun. Those are super fun. And we're on time, John. It's fun. I feel like it's 2023 is, you know, these years go by so quick and really time is, is our most precious resource. And anything that you can do to measure and track, that's really what I'm, I'm leading into 2023. I think my biggest takeaway from 2023 and leading a team and all of it is it's one thing to say it something out loud and say, okay, I want to exercise. I want to do this. But if you really want to do it, you got to track it. You have to write it down and then make those little tally marks. So there's magic in that. Oh, thank you, Raj. This is so fun. It's so good to see you. It's so good to just riff and play. And thank you for the community watching and participating. And we're getting feedback that people are uh, you know, in this. So if you're watching, thank you uh, for being here, being a part of the larger coaching community and uh, more, more content coming soon. Yeah. We'll see you soon. Thanks, John. Thanks everyone. Bye.